Welcome to this week's presentation from Bethesda, a church community where anyone can belong. We hope that the following presentation encourages you in your faith journey. Thanks for listening. If, if you ha, ha, have uh, lived with someone long enough <laughs> um, under the same roof and you get to know their patterns, uh, you really get to really get to know them, right? Um, you think you know people until you, you, you're around them long enough and you journey with them long enough and then you really get to know them. And, and so you get to know their, their patterns, you get to know their, their habits, and some of those habits are good habits, right? And some of those habits are not so favorable. We'll put it that way. You find out their patterns in everyday life, how, how, how they wake up in the morning, right? Or, <laughs> or how, how they sleep. <laughs> some of your spouses are like, mm-hmm. You find out how that, that person eats, uh, are they a loud eater? They didn't eat like that when you were dating, right? You know that for sure, as my kids would say. You know that for sizzle. I'm not sure what that means. But you, you know, like, they, they, didn't, they didn't eat like that. And so they're loud eaters. And how, how they fold laundry differently, right? Uh, that, that was a source of contention in our marriage up till last week. Because I fold towels in a square, big towels. And my wife fold, folds towels in, a, in a, a rectangle. Right? And so she will tell me that you don't fold towels in squares because it takes up more. Oh, women. See, I, no, <laughs> I've lost already. And so um, I now fold towels in... Squares, no, <laughs> in rectangles. But that's how you find out, right? You, 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 either, you, you either journey with them, and when you journey with them long enough, they, um, you find out who they are. Right, Pastor Rob? Amen. All right. Uh, how they, dis they decision-make. For example, uh, uh, how they approach finances and budget. Are they risk-takers? Are they conservative? And there's no joking there. That can cause some tension in, in, in your marriage. And when you have kids, the pattern of how they, you know, how you raise your kids, you see that very clearly much of those patterns that you take into your marriage or relationship were formed in how you were brought up. And so you begin to see those patterns passed on to your kids, the good, bad, and the ugly, Right? And when you have been with a person long enough, you see patterns. This is true of a faith journey. It is. And when you have journeyed with God long enough, you begin to discern some of God's patterns. And we know that God's ways are higher than ours. We know that God is perfect yet, but there are moments in your journey where you, you can discern some of those passions. When, when you cannot, we will open the door to people and things that sh we shouldn't open our, our faith to. You will open the door to the enemy who will feed your feelings that is destructive to your faith. Your learning to discern God's voice is is only possible if you journey with him long enough because what, is, what we find in our walk with God, sometimes God knocks loud, right? And they're rare. It's a rare moment. God speaks and it's 
For sure, you know God is speaking. It's a loud knock. Most often than not, it's very quietly. I have kids like that. When they were younger, they would come to our bedroom door. <laughs> and depending on their personality, depending on how they knocked, right? We have one who would beat the door straight down. <laughs> right? She knocked once and go through the door. And we have one who would do gently, when you're ready, could you please open the door? And we have one who do not knock on doors. <laughs> they just come straight in. That could pose some problems. And so God knocks quietly and, and loudly. And you will also learn that sometimes you think the devil is knocking on your door to distract you. But actually God is knocking on your door to build your faith. Sometimes it looks like pain, but really it's perseverance. And we are very hesitant to open doors because we, a pattern in God's word, we, 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 with opportunity comes opposition, doesn't it? Man, ever have a, a, a delivery show up at your door that you have been waiting for from Amazon Prime and it, come, it came later than it was supposed to because you had Prime? It was supposed to come early. Sorry, I'm just a passive aggressive here. Anyway, you know, and, 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 and you get it, it's not, and, and when you get it, it's not the product you thought you were getting. That is a pattern online shopping, right? Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> if you shop online, that dress looks so good on that person, right? On that picture, and when you got it, you're like, what? <laughs> right? It's not even the same color, right? Shame on you. It's never happened to me. Well, I've never bought an address, but... <laughs> you know, it, 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 it doesn't look the same. And, and so Peter experienced this. As he was obedient, there was some tension in discerning what God was doing because what was delivered to the door of his life was prison. And I promise this morning that this story will have great relevance for your life. The, the, see, the early church and... We have to understand the context of Acts chapter 12. The early church in, in this book understood that in, in, a prayer life, in our prayer life, things show up unexpectedly. And they were experiencing such persecution and a lack of provision. Even chapter 11 tells us that they were, they were taking offerings because they were in the middle of a famine because of, of uh, opposition. And Luke, who is the writer of Acts, says... Herod starts throwing their leaders in jail, not only throwing them in jail, James is now dead, one of the key leaders to this movement of God. Dead. Now they have Peter, who's the preacher in the group, in this fast-growing movement, and there's, there's so much persecution knocking at the same time as opportunity. God's people are growing but yet there's persecution. And in Peter's story, we see a couple of tensions as he's trying to discern what God is doing. You in a moment of trying to discern what God is doing in your life, it's relevant for us today because it is tensions and patterns that we face in living out our faith. And the first one, the tension is between opposition and opportunity. I mean, the early church in their faith journey had learned the pattern. Often, opposition comes wrapped up in opportunity. More often than not, when God opens doors in our life, what we see immediately, we would love to turn away, wouldn't we? You remember that? 
When you, were, you prayed and you opened the door, you had faith enough to open the door. This door actually opens, by the way. And you opened the door and you were faithful to God. And what you see on the other end of that faith step, you would rather turn away. And we mean to say that is opposition. That can't be from God. Can't. Opposition and opportunity wrapped up together. And here's Peter's struggle. And here's a question that's relevant for you in this room today. Can God use something in your life that he didn't send? Hmm. The church is praying for Peter, but at the same time still hurting because Herod had killed James. And Herod took the opportunity to try to cut off this movement of Jesus believers, and the church is under this incredible opposition. So the church is praying. And what's noteworthy here is this. We, we, we know the end of this story, but Peter is locked up and have no idea what the church is doing, and the church has no idea what's going on with Peter. So the church is praying for a situation they have no idea of the outcome. The hardest thing about prayer and the pattern is this, uncertain outcomes. <laughs> what is on the other side of that obedience? And so we see two postures. We see one. It says in verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was what? Earnestly praying to God for him. That's the posture of the church. They're outside of the prison. They're far away. James is dead and they're praying for Peter. The church is praying, and Peter's in prison just moments away from his trial, and if it turns out the way James turned out, this will be Peter's last day on this planet. And we have Peter in prison. The church is praying, and look at Peter's posture. It says, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was what? REM, rapid eye movement. REM mode. And this, is, this has got to be wrong. I mean, <laughs> hours before he was to go to trial and certain death, Peter was pacing? That makes more sense, right? Hours away from being, being put to death, he's calling in all his favors? That makes more sense. You know, or even if you want to get a little spiritual, maybe he's praying. I just want to be up front today. There is not enough melatonin on the planet to help me sleep especially knowing the pattern of their prayer when they prayed for James. And Peter knows this, and he's sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Is this not true for our prayer life? What a picture when we are trying to discern what God is doing. Here's another pattern in the journey of discerning what God is doing. Not just opposition and opportunity, that tension, but the tension between pain and the answered prayer. Some of you are living there today, and he's sleeping. You, you, you have to admit, Peter had come a long way, has he not? If you know your, the Bible at all. Peter, not long ago, was fighting with Jesus because Jesus told him he was going to, to the cross and Peter's saying, I will never let you go, Jesus. 
I will never leave you. I will never deny you, Jesus. What does he know now that he didn't know then that allows him to sleep between his, his, between the pain and the prayer, answered prayer, what allows him to, sometimes you have to stand between the pain of the moment and answered prayer on the other end of that pain. Verse six says, what, he was sleeping between two soldiers. From a physical perspective, point of view, it makes sense that we react to life's pain, don't it? We see what's in front of us. It's painful. We, we give a physical reaction to it because we see it from a naked eye. See, Peter learned in discerning what God was doing between the opposition and the opportunity. In the middle of the pain and the unanswered prayer, or the answered prayer, Peter learned something along the way. If you read in Luke 8, Peter was in a boat one night, and they were going to the other side, and between where they were, where they were and where they were going, they hit a storm. Hmm. And Peter was learning that it is between what is happening and where God is leading. That is where our faith is developed. And the Bible says, while the disciples were straining at the oars, they went to check on Jesus. And we see what? A pattern. He was asleep. <laughs> hmm. This, this is for someone in the room today. God is telling us through the story of Peter that he can do more for us while we are sleeping than we can do while we are straining. Peter was the, the, the poster child for straining. I mean, he was always speaking without thinking, denying Jesus, running from him, moments of extreme faith and moments of extreme failure. Sounds like you, by the way, and, and me. Because he thought faith was about doing and struggling and fighting and, and straining. But sandwiched between soldiers and chains, his faith was far more stronger. It's interesting, isn't it? A pattern in God's word. Because he learned that God can do more when you are at rest than you can do when you are straining. Jesus is teaching us, I'm going to see a victory I'm going to see a victory. You guys sang that wrong, by the way. Because you sing it and go, oh, my goodness sake, how many new songs are we going to sing today? <laughs> or, you're, or you get your hands raised and you're going, I can't see a victory. Because I'm struggling. I, I can't, I'm trying to figure all this out. I'm straining and trying to figure it all out. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, I'm going to see a victory. You're straining. Battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Don't miss the reality of the moment. He is sleeping when he knows that Herod is about to come knocking. He has learned a principle that when discerning what God is doing in the middle of our lives, one unequivocal principle in any situation we face, no matter sickness, seeking direction, your life is falling apart, and you're leaning on God for hope, here's a discerning principle. Obedience will always come before freedom. What's God telling you to do right now? You see, we want God to lay out the answered prayer on a platter, right? When we open the door, but sometimes opportunity comes in the form of obedience. I didn't think you were going to say amen. David, you see, here you want to know patterns. David, before he was king, kills Goliath, not because Saul called him. You know, Saul wasn't calling on David. 
He was on the backside of his dad's field, and his dad shows up and tells him to go feed his brothers fish and brews, by the way. And on the, goes to the battlefield, and David obeys his dad and shows up and see what, because of his obedience on the backside of a sheep's field, led him to the opportunity to show God's power. It's obedience sometimes. We are about to see God do something amazing in Peter's life. And to be honest, I'm not sure I would have gotten it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because we know the end of the story, right? Peter, Peter doesn't die. He gets out of jail and continues on with the work of God. But Peter doesn't know this. While he's asleep, God interrupts his sleep. God comes knocking. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shines in the cell. He, he struck Peter. Or as my mother would do when I was asleep. <laughs> on my foot. And Peter on the other side woke up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Notice the sequence here. He gets up and then the chains fell off. It should say the chains fell off and he got up. But Peter was still in chains when he stood up. Is that not true of our journey of faith? We want to open the door and it be laid in front of us. We want the chains gone, right? But sometimes you got to get up. Sometimes you got to build that faith. And when we are discerning what God is doing, sometimes we have to move in faith before we see the result. It's the journey of our prayer life. The tension between acting in faith before the result of faith. It's when we act in faith, our chains are off. It's when we act in obedience, we see the result of faith. You have to answer the door. Even sometimes when you're not sure. It's a pattern we need to learn in our faith, the obedience of taking the step of faith even though you are not sure of the outcome. If you are not obedient in what God is asking you to do right now, then God can't do what he needs to do to answer your prayer. Obedience now. Sometimes it just looks like obedience. Peter stood up in the act of faith and the chains fell off. And we see the results of faith. Get up and the chains will fall. And don't over-spiritualize this. We're good at doing that, right? If you, if you didn't know the outcome, we would, we would characterize this story as a failure. Peter was just following a pattern. He was faithful enough to stand. We are famous for trying to remove faith from being faithful. If this was us and Herod was about to knock, if we were in chains between soldiers, we would not follow instructions until we had the details. Get up. Why? Right? Chains. Can't get up. I'm chained. Right? That's us. Get up. Chained. Why would I get up? I'm in chains. I'm between two soldiers and a herod is about to knock. You did this when you were worshiping during the last song. I just told you that. Right? You're lifting your hands. You're talking about victory. And in your mind and your hearts, you're defeated. Doing the same thing. <laughs> and the pattern that Peter is showing us is that you have to start singing so that you eventually start seeing it. You hear what I'm saying today? 
Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's right crafted into the contract of our relationship with God, by the way. It's the evident substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, by the way. Peter is showing us this because verse 8 tells us, Then the angel of the Lord said to him, Put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him, The chains are off. He gets dressed without knowing the destination. Isn't this true? In, in the middle of discerning what God is doing, sometimes you have to stand and act in your faith even when you don't see the destination. It's being faithful when you're not sure what God is doing. It's being obedient when you're not sure what God is doing. How many times have I seen people fail in that faith, their faith, between trying to act in faith and the result of faith because you try to control it yourself and you're disobedient? Woo! It's showing up to church even when your faith wants you to stay home. It's, it's loving that person even though you wronged them. God came knocking. He got up, he got dressed, and he acted in faith, and Peter did so. He didn't ask where they were going. He just obeyed. Sometimes too many details can get you lost. When I'm, when I'm driving, I can get so preoccupied with driving that I forget the destination. It is, this is a pattern uh, this, this pattern is a source of frustration in our marriage. Pray for me. <laughs> Rochelle will often say to me when we come up to an exit that I'm supposed to take, you know this is the right exit? Of course I do. <laughs> but she knows the pattern. If she doesn't ask... And she'll look at me, I'm, it, it, it happens, I am not exaggerating, it will happen leaving here from church to go home. It's, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating, because I just get lost, I get preoccupied with driving that I forget the destination. Oftentimes, I will use Google Maps on holidays, they're there are all kinds of options and details to get you to the destination. If you click on the detail button, it will also show you every turn you need to take to get you where you're going. I have no sense of direction. So I will never put on the details because too many details will get me lost. It will. Because if you press the details, it will show you the fourth turn on the road. It don't matter. I just need to know the next turn. It happens all the time. When we were in Florida, we've been going to the same spot in Florida, uh, in the same area for years. And if I do not use Google to get to the shopping area, <laughs> I will miss it every single time. But put Google on and we are friends and our marriage is happy. <laughs> Peter needed to know what to do Next, not the entire outcome. Boy, does it, it take more? It takes more faith to take the next step. You don't have to be Peter to be in prison, do you? Let me bring this into our world. Depression is a prison. Addiction can be a prison. 
Isolating yourself can be a prison. And if you are in prison, you don't need to know the outcome. That's overwhelming and it will kill your faith at times. All you need to do is obey in the next step. So when Peter got up, he had no idea what was happening next. Look what it says. Peter followed him out of the, out of the prison, but he had no idea <laughs> what the angel was doing and what was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And sometimes God does something and we don't even know it is God until we see the big picture. Be honest. You're not that spiritual. God does things and you don't see it. And we get all spiritual like we think we know, but while we're in the middle of it, it's frustrating and it's confusing and it skews our spiritual vision. It is only after you look back at God's faithfulness that Romans 8.28 makes sense that you can say all things work together. Look. But it's hard to say that when there is tension between acting in your faith when you don't have the result of your faith. And Peter has this moment. They, they passed the first and second gates and came to the iron gate leading to the city. Watch what happens. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. Once again, we see God showing up and prodding Peter to be active in his faith. He got up before the chains fell off. He got dressed not knowing what, where he was going. He went through the gates not knowing the next step. He was trusting God in the process of his faith not knowing the outcome. How many times do we refuse to open doors because we refuse to trust God with the outcome? And God did not prevent Peter from, from prison. Let's just be honest. God didn't, didn't say, no prison. What God did was allow prison, but God showed up in the middle of it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly, it says in verse 10, the angel left and Peter comes to the, his senses. He is trusting God and trying to discern what God is doing. It's interesting what door he knocks on as he leaves the prison. It's important that we know this. The story is coming full circle because it started out that Peter was in prison and the people were praying. Now he is freed and knocks on the right door. It is so important that we know where to knock when we're working out our faith. Peter knew about John Mark's mother's house. This is the same place they had been praying for James. He knew where to go to find some praying people. How many times do we go to the wrong doors in our life to discern what God is doing? How many times as a pastor have I seen God allow someone to go through something, and while they are going through it, instead of knocking on the right doors, they misinterpret what God is doing in their life, and they open the wrong doors. They don't see the opportunity. They see opposition. They don't see God trying to increase our faith, so we walk away from it. You think it's just pain. And Peter's telling us from the pages of Acts 12 that God comes knocking and his plan for your life can sometimes show up masked in opposition. That the pain you are feeling can be a direct link to that answered prayer. And in order to see God show up, you have to be active in your faith. Peter says, now I know. Now I know without a doubt, that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Peter was saying, Herod came knocking. It looked bad. It looked like I was going to share some fate, the same fate as James, but what showed up as opposition became an opportunity for God to show his glory. 
That's how he knew God was with him, because it came from me, but it couldn't have me. And God masked what looked like a bad situation, but only to rescue him from Herod's clutches. And here's where here, Herod's, Herod was, was coming for him, but God had a plan wrapped in opposition. And when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered, and they were praying. As the team comes back, how amazing is that? They were still praying, and I have to be honest, if I prayed for James and they cut his head off, I'm not sure if I could pray with the same faith for Peter. Remember that moment when you prayed earnestly for something or someone and God didn't come through? It's deflating. And today as you're in this room and you're, you, you sing about freedom, but you stop dreaming that it could happen. Peter is out of prison, but they don't know it. What kind of faith is this? Hmm. To pray for someone when you just lost someone. That's the, that's the last tension Peter and God's people have to work through here. The tension between unanswered prayer and the faith to pray again. When that mountain is still in clear view and you have to pray for this mountain. When the prayer to free James ends in death and now the same prayer is to free Peter, this is a difficult one. Yet it didn't stop them. And Peter shows up. The answer to the prayer shows up. And they are still praying. And verse 13 says, Peter knocks. It says, he knocks at the outer entrance and, ser and the servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. Peter is not knocking quietly, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. This is Peter. He just broke out of prison. The chains are gone. What was opposition is now opportunity. What was pain is now an answered prayer. He has active faith. Rhoda shows up while they are praying for Peter. He shows up on the other side of the door. God shows up in unexpected ways, by the way. Amen? And I'd like to think she recognized his knock. <laughs> because... No one knocks like Peter. No one. You don't get through denying Jesus and showing up and preaching at the day of Pentecost and knock like this. You know? He's infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's gone through some stuff, by the way. He had watched Jesus in Luke chapter 8 show him what it is to do, the posture of a person going through a storm. And he shows up. You, you know, you knock differently when you know that every, even my mistakes, God is working something amazing. So he knocks with the kind of energy that only a forgiven, set free from change kind of a person knocks when he said, hey, that's my version of it. Verse 14 says, she recognized Peter's voice. She was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. 
and he's knocking. Let me show you how God shows up even when our faith is, is stuck between the loss of James and the faith for Peter, okay? This is for the person in the room who has stopped praying. You're out of your mind. <laughs> they told her when she kept insisting that it was so, I can almost hear Peter's knock in the background while she's doing it. You're out of your mind. And she insisted, can't you hear him? It must be an angel. That's how spiritual they were. Between the unanswered prayer of James and faith needed for Peter. He was at the door. It must be an angel. This is real people with struggling in their faith. It was so hard for them to discern what God was doing that they actually believed that Peter was dead and it was his angel. Hmm. I, I, I can relate to that. Oh, is that really God? Wow. But it says, <laughs> but Peter... Kept knocking. <laughs> Just go there with me. Know the context of it. James is dead. The leader of their movement, they're praying. The preacher in the in the movement is in 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 as good as dead. And they're praying earnestly. They're praying, they're crying, oh God, and the knock comes. God is speaking to someone in the room today. Keep knocking. Ah, but you don't understand, Pastor. I've knocked so many times. And it's been opposition, not opportunity. Knocking because God used the imperfect faith of the church to break Peter out of prison. The persistent knock of imperfect faith freed Peter from prison. And God is speaking to that person in the room today, and God is, would you stand all over this room? And God is knocking on the door of your faith. And for so long, you have kept the door closed because your faith has been damaged. But Peter knocked. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You ever do that? You pray for something and God shows up and you go, ooh. Well, well, man, that's amazing. That's exactly what happened. What? Tears still rolling down her face. Three layers of tears, dried tears, semi-wet tears, real tears. And they come to the door and they see Peter and they go, wow, you are God. That's faith. That, that's faith. And God shows up because it's the persistent knock of imperfect faith that moves the hand of God. You in the room today? Keep knocking. God is asking you to open the door. Yes, it's hard to trust God, people again when you have been hurt. Yes, I understand that. Yes, it's hard to trust God when the answer didn't come. I know that. Let me remind you. Let me remind you. And I need my glasses for this because I can't read without some. Let me remind you what it says 
if you go to the end of the story, if you not, don't misinterpret what God is doing and misinterpret for as just opposition, but an opportunity. If you are strengthening your faith by stepping and acting out in your faith to see the result of your faith. If you were willing to stand between the pain and the answered prayer for a while, look what God does. It says immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. I love the Bible. That's exactly what should happen to him. And worse. But the word of God continued to spread and to flourish. of your opposition. <sighs> Waiting for an answered prayer. Fear of stepping out to activate faith. Standing between an unanswered prayer and a faith to pray again. Where are you? You're not alone. It's the persistent knock of imperfect faith. It's, I'm going to knock when it feels like opposition, not opportunity. I'm going to knock anyway. I'm going to knock when, when, when there is more pain than answered prayer. I'm going to knock and activate my faith in obedience. I'm going to knock even though unanswered prayer threatens, threatens the very core of my faith. I'm going to knock because, what? He knows how the story ends. That's why we sang that song at the end of worship because you need to be reminded that in the middle of your opposition God has the last say but the word of God continued to spread and flourish and Peter <laughs> lived another day and so will you and here's it's this simple are you knocking today? are you knocking? you to come. If you're comfortable with coming, or if you want to stay in your seat, God is speaking to you. And this is a divine moment. There's no question. There's no question. Moments like this can change your life. And I'm not manipulating you because I've seen God's word active and I've been obedient. And God is speaking. You just need to respond. Whether you stay there and open your heart to God or come. Pastor Justin's going to lead us. The pastor's here to pray. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about our church community, please visit our website, Bethesda.ca, and consider joining us for a gathering soon.